Welcome to episode two of Connect the Dots with Obianuji, where we expose how harmful ideologies become harmful policies. For anyone who has been keeping up with the life issues, it has really been a crazy one month for life issues around the world. So let's go straight to the first news item, which is really what I like to describe as abortion extremism in the United States of America. The first place we saw this was in New York State, where the governor, Governor Andrew Cuomo, decided to sign into, into law the Reproductive Health Act, which in fact many have described as one of the most extreme abortion laws ever seen in the country. So what exactly are the provisions of the new law? Previously, abortions were allowed up until 24 weeks of gestation. And then with the new law, with this new extreme abortion law, uh, abortion is now allowed in New York State beyond 24 weeks, even up until birth. Yes, you heard me right. Up until birth for reasons of life and health of the mother. Let's talk about health a little bit. Now, when abortion, the abortion lobby uses health, it's very vague. There is absolutely no definition of what is the health of the mother. Uh, very, very likely with the way health has been used as a reason for abortion, it is most likely that this will include the mental health as well as the emotional health of the mother. So really, for any reason, a woman could qualify to get an abortion up until the date of birth in New York. And my friends, this I think is extreme. So in addition to that, this law will also then allow non-doctors to perform abortions. So this will include nurses, doctor's assistants, as well as midwives. Just think about that, that those who have been telling us all about safe abortion and how really, you know, women should get the care from doctors. But now even the state of New York is going to put abortions right in the hands of uh, non-doctors who are working within the medical setting. Now, one of the most egregious things about this abortion law is that whereas before, when a baby survived an abortion in New York State, there were several legal safeguards protecting the baby. The baby, for example, has to be declared a human person. The baby, for example, will get medical care by the doctors who are around. And there are also requirements for records, careful records to be kept about how this baby was cared for or how this baby is cared for following the botched abortion. Now, do you know that one of the first things or right at the very beginning of this horrible abortion law, one of the first things that was done was to completely repeal that part of the public health uh, law of the state that protected unborn babies. So section 4164 of the public health law of New York state was completely cut off. This is what I call abortion radicalism. Now, in addition to all of this, as if this was not enough, abortion has also now been completely removed from the New York Penal Code. Now, let me tell you what this means. That means that it's no longer a crime in New York state to kill an unborn baby under any scenario. And within a few days of this law being put in place, it was already beneficial to someone like Anthony Hobson. Who is Anthony Hobson? Anthony Hobson is the young man who stabbed and killed his pregnant girlfriend. Now, previously, before this New York law was put in place, he was due to be charged with murder as well as second degree homicide for the unborn child that was killed. Once the law was put in place, in fact, within days, the DA decided that they were going to drop the second degree homicide charges against him for killing the unborn baby. Everyone tells us how abortion and abortion law is progressing the cause for women. 
this is not justice served. So is this exactly what Andrew Cuomo wants for New York State, for his state to become a safe haven for people who stab pregnant women or hurt pregnant women or, or punch them in the stomach to cause a miscarriage or to cause the death of their unborn children? New York has now become a safe haven for these people. Look at Andrew Cuomo rejoicing and look at how happy he looks at the signing ceremony of this bill. And seated right next to him is Sarah Weddington, the woman who acted in the Roe v. Wade case in 1973. Yes, she, in fact, you could say is partly responsible for the 60 million deaths that have happened in the United States since 1973. And she is, of course, right there at the signing of this bill. The governor then ordered for a number of state buildings and structures to be lit up in pink, including the spire of one of the buildings of the World Trade Center. And for goodness sake, the World Trade Center, the World Trade Center, a few months ago, I went to the World Trade Center with some friends and we were visiting the memorial and to our surprise, we found out that of all the people who were memorialized there were 11 unborn children. So how is it that in New York, 11 unborn children are being remembered and memorialized who were killed by terrorists in the same location where the state governor decides to light up a spire to celebrate the death and killing of unborn children who are going to be killed in the future by abortionists. The joke is on you, Governor Cuomo. And the irony does not even end there because a few days later, Governor Cuomo was then tweeting about how he wanted to expand surrogacy services for LGBT couples. So I asked myself, how is it that on one hand, he wants to expand the making, literally the making of babies for LGBT couples, while on the other hand, he has now unleashed uh, a, an extreme abortion law that will bring the end to the lives of many, many, many unborn children in New York State. You see, since this law was put in place in New York, we have seen unbelievable things happening in Rhode Island, where an extreme abortion law is being pushed. We have seen something in New Mexico that in fact has been called the worst abortion law in the country. We have seen something in Vermont with the so-called H27 that is supposed to be able to allow a woman to have an abortion at any time for any given reason up until birth. Now let's go from there and zoom into the state of Virginia, where at the House of Representatives, Delegate Cathy Tran, a Democrat, was pushing an extreme, extreme abortion law in the House. This was what happened the day she was presenting her bill before the House. So how late in the third trimester would you be able to, to do that? You know, it's very unfortunate that our, the, our physicians, uh, witnesses, were not able to attend today to speak specifically. No, no I'm to talking that. about your bill. How, yeah, how, late, I mean, how late in the third trimester could a, a physician perform an abortion if he indicated it would impair the mental health of the of the woman? Or physical health. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm talking um, about the mental health. So, I mean, through the third trimester, the third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks. Okay, but to the end of the third trimester. Yep. I don't think we have a limit in the bill. So, um, where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth, she has physical signs of, of, that she is about to give a birth, would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating. Uh, Mr. Chairman, that would be a, you know, a decision that the doctor 
the physician and the woman. I understand that. that. I'm point. asking if your bill allows that. My bill would allow that. Yes. My bill would allow that. This is Delegate Katishran, the same Democrat politician who has been pushing a bill that will ban the use of insecticides in order to protect young butterflies, while at the same time is pushing a bill to have young human beings killed in the womb. So moving along to the next news item that I want to discuss today, and that's International Planned Parenthood Federation. I know a lot of people know, already know about Planned Parenthood. People talk about Planned Parenthood. But one thing that most people that I speak to don't realize is that Planned Parenthood belongs to a massive international organization called the International Planned Parenthood Federation. So they exist in about 170 countries. They are performing about 1.1 million abortions a year. They also work in about 42 African countries. This organization is very well connected. So IPPF has been under investigation since 2018 by the UK Charity Commission because there have been allegations and reports of sexual harassment, uh, bullying, abusive behavior, and intimidation of whistleblowers at the International Planned Parenthood Federation Africa Regional Office, which is in Nairobi, Kenya. And in addition to all this, they're also being investigated for allegations of financial fraud. And according to internal sources within IPPF, there have been three separate internal investigations into misconduct in the Africa Regional Office since 2017. And all these allegations and all these investigations is all centered around this one man, the regional director, Lucien Kuaku. But the results of these investigations were either covered up or where fraud or sexual harassment are found, no actions were taken. In fact, following these earlier investigations, the members of staff who reported these alleged misconducts also reported having received threats and intimidation by this same regional head, Lucien Kuaku. Consider the fact that IPPF receives millions of pounds of taxpayers' money here in the United Kingdom from the Department for International Development. And the Times actually now reports that uh, when the UK government decided to give IPPF £132 million in 2018, they already had knowledge of these investigations that had been happening for sexual harassment and bullying and you know, intimidation in the workplace. Back in 2018, the Development Secretary, Penny Mordant, made a firm promise to withhold funding from any organisation that fails to stamp out sexual harassment. In spite of all this, IPPF has still been awarded multi-million pound funding suggesting that abortion organizations and their abortion industry, in fact, in general, is held to much lower standards than other organizations. And in addition to the United Kingdom, there are 16 other countries that give money to International Planned Parenthood Federation, and some of them to the tune of millions of dollars. And to my surprise, at the top of this list are countries like Norway, Sweden, Denmark. Maybe citizens of these countries should be asking their governments whether they should be funding an organization like this. Now, the last big question today is, where is the mainstream media that is supposed to be covering this scandal? You see, since this news broke back in January, only the Times in London and the Daily Mail have bothered to write anything about it. All the other major broadcasters, 
All the other major newspapers have stayed silent. This is shocking. This is scandalous. This is a disgrace. So going into the next segment of what I have been up to, I went to Uganda. Yes, what an amazing thing it was. I was invited to Uganda by the Ugandan parliament. So members of parliament wanted my documentary, my new documentary strings attached, screened in, right in parliament. And we went out there, we showed it to the MPs and we had great reactions to this documentary. And I would like to take you with me for you to uh, experience just even a little bit of what I experienced out there in Uganda. So watch these few clips that I made just for you. Hi friends, this is Uju and I am uh, here at the Ugandan Parliament. Uh, today we had a really, really exciting and even successful event. Uh, my new documentary, Strings Attached, was launched for the first time in an African Parliament and it was the Ugandan MPs who had decided they were going to host it. Not just the Ugandan MPs, the Ugandan Pro-Life Parliamentary Caucus. So it was such an honor and pleasure for us to have come here uh, to be with the MPs, to uh, run the documentary through, screen it for them, discuss it with them in depth. Uh, there was this card that went out uh, for the event and uh, how exciting it was to be part of this and to be here for this so I am so very grateful um, and I'm thinking of all of you and I am uh, representing all of you believe it or not and I'm hoping that in this way we can take that same pro-life message not just to Uganda but to every uh, country possible in Africa where we can take the message of life to so that we would know that life is to be protected life is to be cherished from conception to natural death without any exceptions. Love you much. Bye. So what I'd like to recommend to all of you today is a beautiful piece of pro-life music that I came across online. It's on YouTube. It's called Love Isn't Waiting. It's by this musician called Bori Afolabi. Uh, fantastic music and very catchy, very touching. It's just this thing that, you know, this music that he's singing to his unborn baby. And what really surprised me is that it's been on the internet for quite a few years and it's only had about 1,300 views. And guys, he deserves many more views. I, I just it always surprises me every time I go back to this music because I play this music so many times and I listen to it often often enough but I just think it should get many more views and you should check it out now I've put the link to the entire music in the show notes so you can go listen to love isn't waiting but for now let me play a bit of it for you for you to see what I'm talking about can't see you just a few months to go and we'll meet then you know we're painting your room and picking the colors i'm liking the blues but your mom digs red oh i'm so excited i just want you to know love isn't waiting for Be around before it holds you. It's only good at playing your day alone and teaching us how to be strong. 
we've come to the end of episode two of Connect the Dots with Obyanuju. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to click the little bell so you get notifications. And I'll see you next month. Thank you.